cheers, man. Cheers. So I was just pulling it up too, because I I'm not really even sure like free agent quarterbacks right now. So I'm taking a look. The Bears are looking at. I mean, that's the biggest question. The Bears are looking at, but just like in general, the overall list: Jacoby Brissett, Dak Prescott. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're on the list. The list is pretty long, Uh, and Foles would be at the end of it, I think. Go um, man, Mitch, look at these names. Mitch isn't coming back, that's for sure. I think the top of the list is probably the rookies in the draft. They got the twentieth pick. Does that sound correct? You think so? You think they're think gonna so. let Ryan Pace get another swing at it? I think he's gonna talk him into that. I think it sounds like some of the articles that I've been reading too is that this guy's actually respected around the league. But it, yeah, but I don't. Dude, not in Chicago. I mean. Not at all. They so, really gonna publish an article saying this guy has no fucking idea what he's doing. I don't true. think so. Uh, I don't know. But they, you wouldn't expect him to post something saying that he's well respected and what a good job. Like the next day, if he got fired, like I've never seen that before. Somebody got canned, you know, Mike yeah. McCarthy or you know a coach like that. They never say anything like that. But yeah, I think if if I'm him, I would string them along and I would sign or draft another QB because then if he sucks this year, you can always use that as your excuse. That's also, yeah, it's like building in a, a scapegoat basically. Well, I need a couple more years, you know, yeah. got to let this guy develop. Yeah. But you'd think after how much of a uh, tragedy Mitch has been that they would, you know, not give him that kind of leash to, to draft another quarterback, but we did make the playoffs and, I guess he could spin that, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think, I think Watson's off the table. It sounds like Carolina is going to make a stronger offer than anything the bears could, could offer. Yeah. I don't, I don't see them going after Deshaun. I think it's too much. And in, in especially coming back on like that one year kind of, I, I think if he gambles the future, like it won't be allowed. I don't think the McCaskies will allow him to trade away all those picks for what it would take. Even if he wanted to, I don't, I think they, I think there are handcuffs on him in that regard. I don't think Ryan Pace mm-hmm. is like having his own game plan and executed on his own dime because of just the state of the franchise and where it's been. I also think when you're talking about Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, I just I get a little upset. I I think like Chicago is like way too hard on the quarterback position, and it's super hard for someone to come in and be successful because they're already coming into a toxic environment being the Chicago bears quarterback. Yeah. And you, you look at some, some, some people that have gone on to other places have been somewhat, I don't know, successful. I can't remember like the last time someone played in Chicago and went somewhere else and and did a decent job at quarterback. Right. Yeah. (laughs) No, they come here and their career is over. I'm here to die. Kyle Orton, yeah. maybe he had like a few years after the Bears. I feel like did something in like Denver for a couple of years, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. I so, mean, so I think like talking about like the quarterback too, it's just a toxic place to come. Like you got to have, you got to have some like wherewithal to just block out that entirely, because you look at like yeah Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, no one's talking. He's got no no spotlight on him, so he was able to be there for like three four years and under the radar and do his own thing and play crappy maybe in the beginning and in camp and look like shit. If a quarterback looks like shit in the Bears like preseason camp, they like, oh here we go again, you know. Mm-hmm. It's true. I feel like there's a lot more coverage. There's definitely a lot more people writing articles, things like that down here than there are up in somewhere like Green Bay or. I don't know. Bigger market, I guess that's what brings that. And it's hard for, especially a young kid, like when Trubisky was drafted, you know, I don't know how old he was, 21 maybe, coming into a big city right. like this, having all that on your back. I feel like that's really tough. But if you're the, who's the second overall pick. And it, it just reminds me too of, we're just going in, in circles because what he, we were draft, we drafted him with uh, John Fox as the head coach. And then he was gone, what, a year? He had Mitch Trubisky for a year, and he was gone the year after that. So then mm-hmm. uh, instant coaching change his rookie year. Like, what are we doing? Like, what Ryan Pace, what are you doing? Uh, and then whoever we draft this year, 
if we do draft, like you were saying, if you think they go quarterback again in the first round, what if they go eight and eight, or if they go sub 500, Nagy's gone. So you just drafted another rookie quarterback who is going to have a different head coach going into his second year, just like you did with Mitch Trubisky. So for that reason, I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback. I think they will sign a veteran or make a trade for like a, um, what's it, what's it called? Like a Ryan Tannehill situation. Someone who had like high potential, uh, didn't work out, change the scenery type of guy, you know, get the mental state back. Yeah. Somebody else. I mean, Sam Darnold is, is appealing if you can get him for a third or I don't know, second rounder at the most, I mean, I'd say, Jets especially if you can give next so, year's. The Jets have been so terrible. That's hard to get a read. I mean, mm-hmm. he was really highly touted, highly regarded. I haven't seen him play much. I haven't watched like any film on him. Uh, just the way he looks. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And he had mono for a little bit. I think he's got, had a rough start to his career. I know people are talking about Fitzpatrick. I'd take him too, but I feel like we're not at that point where I think it, want, there's yeah. no future there. You know, you're, it's a one-year, two-year rental tops. He's pretty old. I think he's 38. Yeah, and if they do that, I see them – if they draft him, I see them draft – or if they trade for him, I see them drafting a quarterback then. I don't know in the first round, um, but I'll see Yeah, I think Fitz a is a free agent, which would be nice. You know, you could just use some cap space on him and not much yeah. considering his age, but then you got to draft somebody. And the setting example in that quarterback room too. Right. Um, yeah. He's great for that. Always been great for that. But I mean, outside of, okay, so that's the quarterback position. You don't know. You got, you know, there's a lot of moving, moving pieces at the QB Alan position. Robinson. Yeah. So then you move over to Robinson who it doesn't sound like they're doing a good job keeping him happy, but you would think they would have ironed something out by now if they were going to do some kind of long-term deal. It sounds like to me that they're going to go franchise tag and which would be fine. You know, we'd get him for another year and, and still have some time to iron out a deal, but it's why I mean, not? I think that's, yeah. that's the way they go to. Yeah. I, I, I don't know with all the holdouts that people have done in the past few, couple of years, I know Hopkins was going to hold out last year until he got a deal. It sounded like, and, uh, Kamara, I think, was would have would have done the same had he not gotten a deal. You know, some of the big name players, I think, they're seeing that as more of an option. So you don't know if he's going to withhold that, or even a couple of games into the year. Yeah, and I saw what Galladay got let go today, or they're going to let Galladay walk or shop him out of Detroit. I don't know if I'm intrigued by that as much as I think Matt Stafford is just a stud and just throws i mean they throw like uh you know 60 times a game down there yeah galladay's awesome i would i would love to have galladay and he's a young guy that's ascending but the past couple of years i feel like he's had an injury history especially last year he only played like three games something like that in the beginning of the year and then he sat out the rest and i think that was probably partially due to his contract but i don't know how bad his back is or i don't know what his injury history is scaring people off yeah, and then it just gets worse. Him. And then it just gets worse and worse. I mean, Anthony Miller, like one step forward, three steps back is pretty much how he plays. Uh, it's super mm-hmm. frustrating. I think he's super talented, but then he just keeps shooting himself in the foot. Um, he got a little bit of the yips with drop balls there. Darnell Mooney, I think he's great. Awesome. Yeah. He needs to put on some weight. Um, and then like what the hell? Cole Komet. Take over. I think I think if that man. If we can get that tight end position down, like all winning teams have, you know, like that mm-hmm. is a key cog in winning football is to have a tight end that can stretch the field, have a tight end that can just get you a first down when you need it. Be really reliable hands. Uh, I mean, they're tough to come by, but if Cole Komet is that, it makes the outside receiver's job so much easier. Yeah, he just needs uh, to get snaps. He's yeah. not. He wasn't getting any kind of. Well, Jimmy Graham had a decent year, but also like. Exactly. At the detriment of developing Komet. Um, I'm wondering if there was like some, some issues that the coaching staff had with his blocking um, and how they were trying to run things. I thought they would run more double tight end sets um, with those two. Um, But I think, I think Komet's going to be a good player. I think he had some flashes, but again, yeah, I don't think he had the reps um, to really, breakout but i think that's coming year two i hope he takes a big step 
Yeah, so what I'm, lo- I'm looking at snap percentages right now. And come at, to start the year, the first couple of games, 30%, 34, 32, 24. And, you know, about week. It was like week eight, right? Like halfway through the year? Yeah, week 10, you got 70%. And then from there, 80%, 100%, 90%. And, and Graham started to tick down to the 40, 50 range. So he was playing at the end of the year, and it was great. I think he was killing it at the end of the year. I think yeah. next year he's full go. And you forget that the offseason was cut short because of COVID. Right. You know, I wonder how much that was. Again, another crutch to, to, the, to the management that they could, uh, you know, oh, this is why we underperformed is we didn't have a full offseason. We couldn't get our rookies up to speed. We couldn't, you know, yeah. put in the game plan we wanted to. You saw we started playing better towards the end. It's because we finally were. So, I don't know. Did Offensive you... line, too. What are you going to say? I was going to say, like, the last year's draft, for nobody having any – time before the season to prep. I mean, C.D. Lamb, Jefferson, mm-hmm. Komet was was good. There was a lot of good rookie running backs. Yeah, like Edwards everybody just yeah, everybody just came out and balled the first year. I don't know if maybe the practice time doesn't matter as much as everybody thought it did, or or what, or if this was just a historically like pretty good you know good draft. Right. But uh, some of those guys killed it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw some trades too where like Bears were giving up like a couple first and Roquan. Um, Roquan's a stud, but I don't know. I'd have to. He was it, playing. It have, he was playing. He was top playing. Notch. Yeah. And he played from weeks two to week, it's like 13. He's playing 100% of the snaps from week two to 13. He played every single defensive snap. I mean, nobody else does that. It's, that's nuts. Nobody else on, on the Bears, at least. I mean, yeah, no, you know what was also closest. cool to see this year is uh, Monty Montgomery really kind of stepped into his own here and like looked comfortable, looked like the top dog, you know, that could take yeah. an offense that could be a lead back. Uh, we'll see how Cohen comes back. I saw his name out there for a lot of trades as well. Um, a lot of people are throwing him out like, you know, he's easily replaceable. Uh, ACL surgery isn't what it used to be. I think you can bounce back pretty fast. And I think to have that like, safety valve um is ideal and he is pretty great at it uh, i would like to keep him around but we'll see yeah i think mine's mine's sick I, I think he's going to be in the plan next year for sure if i had to put money on it i'd say he's there uh Cohen, I, just wish I, he was a little quicker. I wish yeah. he was a little quicker you know he's he's so good i like right he doesn't go down on first contact like at all mm-hmm. but you see some of the other clubs out there with just like these running backs are so fast and they break like a 60 yarder and so yeah. we, we just don't, don't see that too often, but we started to, we started to we, a little one here and there, but. Well, offensive lines is so bad. I think it's hard to, to get a real read on how good he can be. If he has some blocking up front, there's same. a same story. Yeah. It's the same old bears, sick defense, running back that can do it. No quarterback, no line. That's, yeah. So how happy are we going to be when the Bears sign or trade for my guy, Marcus Mariota? <laughs> Nothing? I don't know. I don't think you can bet your job on that. I don't think, he could, I don't think he's, an, he's an option. So when we talked earlier about like a Tannehill-type player, that is That's who, who you're thinking? That is like, yep, I am thinking that obviously, you know, Hawaiian, Oregon, Vegas, he's going to hate Chicago weather hypothetical obviously but man i'm he's only 27 which is crazy for me to when you think about him and he had a game with how good he was in in college is that what you think about yeah i mean obviously this is a completely biased take i just (laughs) big oregon oregon football fan yeah college (laughs) football fan and this is you know just my dream playing out here i think it'd be sick i don't know if he'd be good or not um but i would I mean, like, what the hell? Like, why didn't they get him last year when the Raiders did? Like, he was out there available, and your quarterback room is like, no one knows what the heck's going on, and you yeah. just let a guy like that, you know, get signed where they have Carr over there, who's a decent number one, and we don't have any. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think they thought they were set with Holes uh, and and Trubisky. I don't know how, but yeah. That was a huge mistake. I'm trying to look up what Mark Mariota makes. 
two years, 17.6 with the Raiders. So you're talking 7.5 for average. Yeah. 7.5 guaranteed. That's not much, you know, especially a guy that can pick it up. Like he probably could, you know, as a backup. Um, but I don't think he's like any kind of long-term option. I just saw Rappaport. He's had his shot. You'd be very surprised if the Raiders don't trade him. Hmm. He had a shot. Did he? He's had a shot. He was in Tennessee, Tennessee, right? Yeah, he wasn't. I mean, all right, let's take a look. Tennessee, he threw his rookie year, 19 tutties, 10 interceptions, 2,800 yards. Then he goes up to 3,400 yards, 26 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. 2017. 3,200 yards, 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Holy cow. And then he brings it back. 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 2,500. Then he falls off a cliff. 1,200. I think he gets hurt. 7 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. He came back. I think he played one game this year for the Raiders. Mm -hmm. He killed Uh, it in the one game that he played. 230 yards, touchdown, interception, um, 60% completion percentage. Like, did did good. Had a, a 98 QBR. Like, I think the time off we've seen quarterback does wonders sometimes when mm-hmm. they take a back seat and they're able to kind of step back and just like become a student again, instead of just like getting thrown in the fire. I don't know. Right. I'm all in on Mariota wherever he goes. I think Washington football has, has I got a friend who's a fan of theirs and he was saying that they were looking at him as well. <clears throat> I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. I feel like they never have a good. Who's your guy? Either. Who's your guy? Uh, I'd like to get Darnold if, it, if it's up to me. Otherwise, if you're not going to get him, uh, I just think Adam Gase is so terrible. Any anything that <laughs> you know he touches turns to shit. Sam uh, Darnold's your Tan- guy, huh? Tannehill was a, a Gase guy, and then he leaves, and he's a stud in Tennessee. Drake was with you know the Dolphins for a bit. He he started to kill it for the Cardinals. Yeah, um, didn't have the season last year that I think a lot of people thought he was going to have, but he still looks pretty good outside of. You know, being with Case, mm-hmm. um, Jarvis Landry was another guy with uh, Miami. I, I think I don't. I think he was with Case for a bit, and then he's he's killing it on the Browns now. Um, yeah. So I think Darnold, you know, that's an intriguing option if he, especially if we can get him for next year's second or definitely third this year. Then. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a higher price than right. Toyota. Uh Other than that, if you could move up and get Fields or. Um, Good. It's uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. That's his name. He's got, supposedly he got a cannon for an arm. There was some rumbles on Twitter that he could be the Mahomes of this draft. So, of course, that's going to get your attention. But um, I've also seen, you know, the five or six mock drafts I've looked at, he's in the top five. So you're going to have to move up there to get him. Fields, another guy who's probably going to be in the top ten. Um I think Lawrence is off the table. I don't think the Jaguars want to trade that pick, but yeah, they're taking them. those are your, those are your three. Those are the three big ones. I think Mac Jones is interesting towards the end of the first. If you don't want to trade up. Have you seen that picture of him after the championship? No. Dude is a truck. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Huge man. Mac Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Truck. He's like Sam Darnold's big too. Like a house, man. He's like ben, <laughs> ben Roethlisberger, kind of big. He's thick. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'd be but cool with that. I, I, I don't he's know. He's an Alabama cool quarterback, though. Moving Alabama on. quarterbacks are they don't they don't pan out typically. Yeah, so I, think, I mean they they have such a system around them that it's pretty hard to mess that job up. You right. Know. Best wide receivers in the country every year. Offensive line, everything's the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just got to turn the key. Make sure you right. get it straight. Um, Free agency opens uh, on the 17th, I think. Yeah. March 17th, midnight. I, I would think. be surprised if they moved up in the draft. Yeah. You think they're going to they're gonna get somebody established, try to come in and, and get us farther than Mitch got us? I think that makes the most sense, honestly. Yeah, I think um, they but run I it think, back and put a plug in. Yeah. But we've been doing that for, you know, since 85. So <laughs> I would like to – see him invest in, in somebody else. I just don't think you got the right guys in there to pick who that's going to be. But Yeah, I what they say during that press conference, we have great people here. It, we're just not getting great results. Like, your only job is to get great results. So, what the hell? So, I say we move on. 
to yeah. Bulls talk. I haven't so been catching of, many games, but I've been, you know, I'm a big fantasy hooper. Got three teams in different formats. And they're just putting it on the Rockets right now. Zach yeah. Levine, another insane game. Been playing out of his mind. I, for one, will go out and say that I didn't, I didn't foresee this happening. You didn't think he was going to be this good? This good? I mean, no. I, but also, like, it shows, like, man, Jim Boylan was so bad. Yeah, <laughs> so bad, man. so bad, so bad. Um, I knew he could score, right? I, obviously, I, I knew he was, like, an elite scorer. But, like, the things that he's doing now, um, the vets that are around him to kind of really, you know, level him out when, he, when, he's, when things aren't going his way or when his shot's not falling, he used to just kind of not really – do much on the other end, but now he's got, you know, Temple there, Sato, Thad. Thad was, you know, his vet in Minnesota when Zach was a rookie. So they go back a long way. And Thad's really kind of just been, you know, reprogramming him, reprogramming him, if you will, of like how to play winning basketball, how to be a stud. Yeah. Has Thad ever been on the winner? I mean, 21 points tonight for Zach. Has Thad? Yeah. Uh, he was on Philly with Simmons and uh, Embiid for a bit. Um, yeah. And where, then, I mean, uh, where else has he played? Indiana a couple of years ago and there were, you know. Those are probably his best days too, playoff. right? Indiana. Uh, with uh, what's-his-face, the coach of the Lakers now. I can't think of his name. He's got the little, little piece of hair in the front there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think Levine was going to be this good either, but. Frank Vogel, that's his name. I, I mean, he knew he was going to be good. I don't understand people saying he's he's not an all star. I don't I don't even think that's a conversation. I think he he is one. He's averaging twenty nine, five and five. Those are all star numbers to me. Yeah, he's yeah. Doing it. I mean, the Bulls are doing better than I thought they were going to do this year. So I'm I'm back in. I mean, when they had Oiberg and they had um, Boylan, I, I couldn't watch any of that. Tough years, man. Tough years to so now, <laughs> sit there and watch every second out. Game. Just you like what out. is what is going on right now? Like the the scheme, especially. I mean, the team quit on Fred, and he never was really kind of able to control that. After being, you know, coming in from Tibbs to him, it was like, all right, you know, it's like getting a substitute teacher for the day. You just mm-hmm. walk all over him, and then Boylan comes in, tries to be like your gym teacher in like fifth grade, has a punch clock, like making professional athletes do burpees. So they basically told him to get lost too. <laughs> Uh, and then you just see like what happens with Donovan and, you know, really modeling our offense after like the modern NBA, you see Thad young basically. And Wendell's been doing it now since he came back too, being the point, like the pin right at the free throw line, a lot of motion going off of the give and go, the pick and roll, getting it into the post, moving the ball. It's been really nice to see. And also the rotations that, that I'm seeing here, we got, we got one of the best benches in the league too. Uh, you take a look, it's true. Right? They don't get a lot of credit. I mean, Thaddeus a lot of, a lot of good coming bets. off the bench. You got Sadoransky, Thaddeus, my guy Denzel coming off old man game. <laughs> you like Denzel, huh? Temple, I think, is is it been playing pretty well the last couple games. It looks like just looking at his numbers. Yeah, he went through a little slump there. He started out real hot. Uh, went through a little slump. Now he's coming on again. I mean, the Bulls in general right now are are pretty much clicking. Um, which you know, so. That brings up like they're playing well. They they could with this team make the playoffs, especially with the two. I think ten teams make it now. It's that that extended playoff play-in like tournament. Uh, so do you do that or do you like Thaddeus Young right now is playing his ass off. He came close to getting a triple double like three games in a row within the last six games. Um, do you trade him? Like the two schools of thought are Thad's values at an all-time time, all-time high. You might be able to get a first round from a contender that's looking for like just that one piece to solidify the rotation, the bench. You see what he's doing right now with the Bulls coming off the bench. Or so you trade him, and a lot of people say, well, if you trade him, that's like, you know, it's Zach Levine's like vet. Um, he's really kind of taken on that vet uh, role with Wendell, with Kobe, with Pat Williams with these younger guys and showing them, you know, on and off the court, how to live life, how to be a professional basketball player. So if you trade that away, does it, 
hinder their growth? Do they, obviously we become worse as a team, but we get more draft capital. So then we start losing again. And does that kind of, so that's like the debate. That's the argument to be had, you know, like do you trade away these vets that, that could help teams win now? And then maybe at the detriment of losing the mentality, the mindset for me, I would be okay with trading them. I think with Billy uh, and the staff that he's got, Mo Cheeks there as well, Chicago's own. Um, and <laughs> to get to get about the first half of the year right now, with, yeah. that, with that mindset to to understand what it takes to see these vets lead by example, um, and then I think I think they would understand if if Thaddeus got traded. And I think you know if we get one of them to stay, Sato or Temple. I think the, you know, it would give more time to Markinen to get more playing time if Thad was out, which, I mean, that's a big question mark. He would need to develop, and that's the hope. Um, but I'd be okay. I'd be okay if they traded Thad. What if they trade? What about if they traded uh, Laurie? Yeah, I could see it happening. Obviously, I feel like he's been with the team long enough. You know what you got. If he's not somebody that you see in the long term future, and get rid of him, right? Get something for him. Yeah, but there's so much potential there. Right. That's what I'm saying, Which though. I think like you can get something spot. for him, but you should know by now, in my opinion. What is this, his fourth year? Yeah, he came after one year at Arizona. I think he came in when he was like 19 as well. So he's still like super young, um, if you think about it, right? He's 23, super young, comes out, shoot three. Mm-hmm. He's, he's had weird injuries, um, which he's missed a lot of games every year. He's also had – coaching change and now he's finally got one where the team's playing well he was playing decent this year uh, what's his what's his ceiling who would, you, who would you compare his ceiling to is he chris taps at his best or is he just uh, ryan, ryan I, anderson i mean chris taps at his best at his best which was a couple of years ago i think chris taps is a little washed now injuries i don't know yeah. um obviously like he's seven feet tall so he's he's is a center that can i guess he's a center maybe a power forward that can shoot and pass um He's not big. He's not. He's, you know, it I don't know if he's an all-star. Play. I would say he might make some, like, all-NBA teams, team two or something like that, team three. So, like, I don't know if there's a max deals there. Um, he gets pushed around a lot in the post. He's not as physical on defense as you would like. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's also – I mean, he's so young. <laughs> he's 23 still. Um, so that's, that's, that's the thing that you got to think about, but also a lot of people then probably your, your side as well will say, well, yeah, he's been in the league for years. It's like, you know, what have you done for me lately? It's a win now kind of league. And mm-hmm. sure. Know. I see the, I see the potential for sure. I just, I don't know that that position is as valuable as I don't think I agree that it's as valuable the stretch stretch four. to me. He's, he's a stretch four, right? Yeah. Ryan Anderson type of player. That's yeah. like, yeah, the center is French really starter. Yeah, a center that can pass is really you're seeing that mm-hmm. become one of the most important positions in basketball. But they got to be big too. I think you know, like Bam and and Jokic and uh, Jokic and um... <laughs> Jokic, Jokic, Bam, Anthony Davis, right? Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, those types Carl of guys. Anthony I mean. Towns. I feel like those are those are the that's the toughest position to fill because there's not that many of those people alive yeah, in the so world. So if we're talking center, <laughs> then then if you want to look at like who the Bulls have there, it would be Wendell. Yeah, he's not somebody I, I see in the long term plan either. But I also don't think you can get much for him, in my opinion, yeah. even though he's still young. So yeah, I don't know what one, you right? do there. I he's feel like 20, you hold him. He's 21, right? He's he's young as well. I would hold on to him as well. I think what I was watching at the game at the beginning today and the last couple games after he came back from like that weird, like knee contusion. That's the one thing he gets hurt a lot and they're all really weird injuries. Like mm-hmm. He had the knee contusion last year. He had like his abdomen, something happened with his like abdomen. I remember like just weird injuries, like not like broken fingers or like knees or ankles, just these like weird soft tissue injuries. Yeah. But I think he's one – like we talk about that center that can pass. Mm-hmm. I think he could be, but I also think he's got bad hands. So I would let him 
develop with Billy here and, and try to get as much as you can out of him towards the end there. Uh, mm -hmm. Just because, like, he is playing really well lately. He, he's getting more confidence. You're seeing it in his postgame on offense. He's shooting the ball. He even made a three the other day. And to me, just from what I see, the eye test is that he really struggled in the first year or two. Uh, with like confidence, with finding his place, he would get in foul trouble, he would get hurt. So he's never really had that kind of like stretch of games to where he's like putting it together, confidence is growing, you know, I'm the man type of thing. You, I mean, basketball is such a streaky sport that's you, you need that. And you see it with Zach right now to where like he right now thinks he could score on anyone and he's doing it. Uh, and it's, right. it's, it's insane to watch when, when shooters and scorers kind of get into that mode. I mean, we say all this right now. He's having a hell of a game, Carter. 18 points, 13 boards. Yeah, but they're also you know, playing the two Rockets, steals, too. Three blocks. Yeah, it's true. The Rockets don't have Christian Wood. He's hurt. DeMarcus Cousins, they're about to trade. Um, so they're playing They're playing some reserves there down low. But still, but still, you're right. He's. You could have a, a worse game. He's having a nice game. Had. Yeah. Um, but that's but what I see. I would, trade, I would trade Young, and I would trade – Lori probably. I think those are, if I, you know, if it was up to me, I think I'm of the opinion that you get what you can get when you know somebody's not in a long-term plan. Like uh, when we had Joakim Noah on at the end of his deal, uh -huh. I think, you know, that's when he was balling too. I think you can get rid of him when you know you're not going to win. We're, the Bulls are 13 and 16 right now. I don't think they're making any kind of run in the playoffs. I think even if they do make the play at the eight seed, seven seed tops, I think they're not going anywhere. I think you got to get what you can get and you can, you know, let Arturis see what he can do in the middle of the first rather than, you know, with uh, the high pick, see what he can, see if he can find some value. I mean, it seems like Patrick Williams is pretty good. Oh, Pat. You know, I wouldn't Pat say that's a bad pick stuff. at all. No, I mean, it, it probably threw everyone for a hook on draft night because mm -hmm. he drafted a six-man freshman. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. Um, but to watch that kid play at 19 years old and just, like, hold his own physically, uh, not get up too up, not get too down. I mean, he's like Kawhi with the, I mean, everyone compares him to Kawhi. He's not there, but like, just, it's, it's crazy to see the mannerisms, even in like the, the lack of facial expression, like he'll mm -hmm. throw down a nasty dunk and look the same as if he just threw the ball out of bounds to no one. It's just like <laughs> onto the next play. He's very robotic in that regards. Then I think he came into a perfect situation with Billy and, and the staff that we have and the vets that we have right now. So I think he's going to be great. Also, I saw the other day, the second round pick that we drafted this year, Marco Simonovich, who was like a draft and stash. He yeah. Montenegrin seven footer. He's 21. So he had a crazy game, not a crazy game, but he had like a 20 and 10 couple of assists. And he's like supposed to be that, Joker type of player center who can dish the ball and shoot it no away. So just he's a Arturis find. You think? I think so. I think that's what he brings to the table. He's got one of the biggest influences in the European game for NBA clubs. So I, I love, I love that. He's not going to come over. Maybe he'll come over next year. Maybe the year after when he's about like, I don't know, 23. Um, but he's playing professionally, which is, which is nice. Um, so we'll see if that works out. Uh, our, we also signed a rookie free agent who's playing in the, the uh, G League right now. He was a point guard out of Kansas, Devon Dotson, who's actually been throwing together solid games. I haven't really seen some of the highlights, but he's doing like you know, 15 and 10, 18 and 7 kind of games as a point guard, real fast, uh, below the rim. But we'll see if that hand, that anything happens there. Um, but I like where we're at, obviously, as a Bulls fan, moving up. A lot better than it was a couple of years ago, for sure. I think Kobe White looks good. Levine looks good. Yeah. Got some which promise is, with some young guys. I think that's where you want to be. Which but is the opposite need. of kind of what the Cubs are doing right now. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> you know, arrows I don't pointing know what up. they're doing. You know, if I, if I had a, you know, if I had a clue what, what they were trying to do, I'd tell weird, you. Weird, right? It's weird. I they're think... re-signing, you know, old guys, Arietta, and bringing back some of our, you know, heyday players. Um, I don't know if that's David Ross having a hand in that, just wanting these guys back and he thinks, you know, they still got it. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I, I mean, I think they can make the, the playoffs. I think they're a wild Same. card team for sure. That's uh, and anything too. can happen when, when you make it to the playoffs and, and the MLB. So who knows? 
but I think you're also on your last legs with Bryant. You're on your, you know, oh, Rizzo, got, same deal, Contreras, Javi. None of these guys have gotten long-term deals yet, so nobody knows what the future is going to be. I think you got to keep Javi. I think he's still young, and he, although he sucked last year, I think a lot of people had down years. The pandemic was crazy for baseball. Yeah. I think a lot of these guys weren't prepared for that, especially pitchers not getting any innings. This year I think it's going to be nuts with the pitching and, you know, all those guys with their limited innings last year, they're not stretched out. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of teams trying to stack six starters like the Dodgers are or, you know, the Padres are stacking starting pitchers too because they know that these guys are not going to be able to pitch every five days like they were doing a couple of years ago. So I think the Cubs are trying to do that too, to a degree. I mean, obviously not the Padres and the Dodgers level. I think they're still trying to stack starters. Um, and guys that are going to eat innings like Arietta and Trevor Williams, I think some of those guys um, will eat some innings up, and hopefully they like. Yeah, and Davies too. Davies, Davies has been around the block. He's still pretty young though, too. I mean, and his numbers the last few years, he's got, it, but he's gotten better. Yeah, he's only twenty eight. So it's crazy to think that when you think of Javi as a Cubs fan, you think he's still young. Javi's twenty eight as well, so. Zach Davies, same age as Javi. He's got a great birthday, same birthday that I have. That's great. Oh, yeah. Big Zach Davies guy right now. Um, <laughs> Looks we, like a little boy. And he was with the Padres, you know, and I'm out here in San Diego. So a little talk about him. Just And he, he reminds me a lot of um, Alex Mills type of picture. Like, a, you know, not quite a Hendrix. Nothing going to blow you by. But um, I think that I saw they put his locker right next to Hendrix as well. Um, which is funny because they kind of look the same. Uh, we just have one of them. Yeah, they both got that clean shaven, <laughs> baby face. I think I think what uh, Jed Hoyer did with Arietta is he looked at the Cubs starting rotation of Davies, Hendricks, and Alex Mills and was like, these guys are going to get shoved into a locker. We need some <laughs> attitude. All right, go get Arietta. Have him grow out his beard, wear like the Oakley one lens sunglass and just like be that kind of confidence boost for the whole staff and be like the, the magnet for attention while the other guys kind of just go to work and put their heads down. Yeah, I can see that. I think, you know, you got somebody like Contreras too. I feel like he's somebody that can push these guys as well, but Davies numbers the last few years, I mean, especially last year, it was that limited year, but two, seven, three, 2019 when he was with the Brewers is a three, five, five, which, you know, it's not terrible. By any means, I'll take the, that all day. It's our bullpen that's gonna that's gonna kill us. I think these guys will be able to get us there. You know, so I was just gonna ask, who's the closer? But I think you, they're gonna give Kimbrel another shot. I think they have to. They gave him that contract with that that expectation. I think they're gonna give him every opportunity like they did last year. I think they're gonna say, all right, now you got a full off season. Yeah, and, and it uh, sucks again. And <laughs> go to. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping we'd p- pick Jeffress back up. That didn't happen. You know, it's weird because they're getting stingy with, um, you know, signing players and, and taking HAP to arbitration for, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Um, so it seems like they're really being very closed, closed uh, pocketbooks. But then they're signing, you know, somebody like Arietta for six, seven million dollars. And you know, I don't really know if they're trying to spend or if they're just trying to save. I mean, they got rid of Darvish and thought you're going to start dumping salaries going to start looking to get rid of people like KB and Contreras because you don't want to pay those guys, but they're, they're keeping them around. It makes me think they're not getting any kind of offers that they, that they like. Yeah. Um, we don't have a lot in the pipeline though. Alzel is up. I think he's going to be good this year, but I, I don't see much coming after him. He's kind of ha- He has to be good this year, right? <laughs> you hope. Yeah, this is, yeah. I and still, those, I mean, every time Dylan Maples gets out there, I'm like, all right, just, just put it together one time for me, kid. He's got nasty, nasty stuff, but just can't seem to get it together. Yeah. Cubs have never been good at, at getting pitching prospects. No. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. And I got another 28-year-old in Dylan Maples. Man, we got like a team full of 28-year-olds. That's that will be prime, man. 26 to – 30 i feel like get that sweet spot trying to hit as many of those guys at that age maybe we'll maybe we'll throw some together how old's jack peterson's probably about about the same 29 is he yeah they just got him i like that that's a a good pickup 
I, I like the uh, Jock's 28. 28 going to be 29. Look at this. Look at this. We, we, <laughs> I think, yeah. So like maybe two months ago, if you asked me how I felt about the Cubs, I would be like, we're going to suck. Um, we're going to trade everyone. But after a couple of the signing, the Arietta, Jock Peterson, you know, uh, workman, just to kind of another arm in the bullpen, you see, we're doing like these subtle kind of signings here to just clog up a little bit of a hole that we needed to be filled. Definitely I, still trying I to like win. being down and out. Yeah, I, I I prefer it. Obviously, being a Cubs fan, it's our it's our like comfort zone to like expect <laughs> it to suck. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we did decent if we made some noise here. Um, and just like because I think what what Jed's trying to do with putting some of these these players together as well is trying to trying to like get a, a lot of clubhouse guys. Um, trying to really get that chemistry because it, it, it's felt like the players have just been the last couple of years, right? The, the world series hangover and all these last couple of years, it's like the locker room's just been like weird to me. Um, it, you haven't really seen, it seems forced at times as well with the camaraderie uh, which is the chemistry. It seems really forced. So I think a shakeup was needed. Um, I don't know if I agree with how it went. It was coming. You knew it was coming, but I think some of the pieces they have here, um, might just be, you know, good enough to like surprise some people, make a run for the division and just like scrap together some wins. That's kind of how I see the ball, like the team playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like a lot of these signings have been low risk, high reward guys. You know, Trevor Williams is another guy kind of low risk, high reward type of, um, I don't know too much about him. He's a pitcher, right? Pitcher. Uh, yeah. He's been around the block. Um, they signed Nick Martini, who's, uh, I used to play against him in little league. So I'm a big oh, yeah. fan. I hope he, hope he gets called up. Um, I want to see more Miguel Amaya too. I think that's awesome that they're uh, giving him more of a, some more PT. I think he's going to, he's going to be good. So, which leads us into spring training. It sucks that go. Yeah. First year. in uh, how many years? Yeah. I was just trying to count. What has it been? Six years? Sounds I think right. so. I think it was six years in a row. What did we go see two days full of baseball and got in the car, turned around <laughs> and drove home. Yeah. Yeah. That first year it was drive down. Watch two games of baseball, stay at a hotel, drive back. But, and like, you know, over 50, 50 plus hours of driving for only being there for 48 hours or whatever it was. was Definitely worth it though. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) It's nuts, but it was worth it. And that will wrap up kind of sports talk. And now we move into a little something uh, that you might be interested if you're into cryptocurrency, anything to do with blockchain. So stay tuned for that. So, all right. All right, let tell me, me about let it. Let me break down. Tell, let me tell break me about down. it. <laughs> I was thinking about, about it all day. Stop. I've been thinking about it the whole time we've been talking about this. Can't How stop looking at it. How am I going to get rich? NBA Top Shot. It is, <laughs> it is thousands of dollars, some of these things, hundreds of thousands of dollars for a 13 to 15 second video clip that you could watch on YouTube. If you don't know what Top Shot is, it's a blockchain-based platform that allows fans to buy and sell numbered versions of video clips of players' highlights. They're called moments. So it's similar to if you ever traded um, baseball cards, basketball cards, you know, anything as a kid, which most of us did. And I think, you know, nobody looked at the – at least casual collectors didn't look at serial numbers. We didn't, we didn't look at, uh, you know – you know, you obviously try and keep it in the best condition as possible, but that was tough, especially as a kid collecting cards. Now, this seems like this is going to, to me, threaten that whole industry, which has boomed the last couple of years. But people are buying these moments, which are, you know, it's a digital coin is basically what it is. And it's your serial number. Um, so you own that specific serial number and how the blockchain gets into it. That piece of it is that when you buy it, there is a record of who owned it before you. So you're buying it from, you know, person to person, and there's a record of what that previous cost was. So they, like I bought one, uh, the joke Jokic one I bought was a hundred bucks, I think something like that, 90 bucks. And the guy I bought it from was, he paid $13 for it. And somebody before that got a, you know, got it out of a pack. So it was essentially, you know, out of a $9 pack or whatever they, uh, you know, that's kind of how that started. And now it's up over 200 bucks. I mean, who knows how far these things are going to go, but it's, 
basic supply and demand at this point, and they're not releasing packs. There's that, uh, that's the whole thing. So like you told me about this a couple days ago. And yeah, and I just thought it was cool. And now and then I look at my account balloon in the last day, I'm up like six hundred bucks, and having only put in you know three four hundred, and now I'm just like addicted to it. Yeah. So, and I go to the website because that's another thing. I was like, does it have an app? And you're like, no, I got to do it on a website. Which I think shortly they'll probably have an app out for it. But yeah, I think they're working on it. The whole thing's still in beta. It's still very much being tested, mm-hmm. um, and that's why they're not dropping a lot of of packs. I think they're keeping they're all sold this. Out. Yeah, they're also that you can't get your hands on one. Some people are buying packs and not opening them because the pack's worth more potentially if you don't open it. Uh, which I think is nuts. And I think that's probably, you know, there's a lot of people that are, that get into this. There's cryptocurrency people, there's uh, NBA fans, there's the trading card community. I think that they're getting really into this too. Um, But the idea that you can see who owns it and um, you know, how much it was paid, you know, people are paying for it. And you you can see those digital records. I think that helps to give you confidence um, in your purchase that, you know, you're not just buying some card off eBay. Um, I think that's that's a big piece of it. But also, I mean, these things are cool. They're they're top plays and they're you know your favorite players. It's a lot of that fantasy and uh, DFS community, I guess, is getting really into them as well. Um, people are buying players that they think are are on the rise, and you know, six months from now or you know, end of the season when Lamelo Ball wins Rookie of the Year. Yeah, his card's going to be worth even more. That people think, you know, there's a guy that bought one for thirty-five grand. I think it was a Zion dunk, and now it's going for over a hundred thousand dollars. I think there's, you know, a lot of money being thrown into this thing. I think it also helps. There's not a lot of um, games that, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of money on tickets, and people aren't going to any games. So there's right. a lot of money that's right. not being spent on sports right now. So that's why you're seeing gambling booming. I think this is going to boom. Um, but there's just not enough supply to meet the demand right now. And I think until that happens, until they start making packs available and, you know, accessible to the everyday person that logs on to this website and they're not sold out, I think cards are only going to go up. And I would assume that NBA players probably aren't allowed to buy cards themselves. Of they themselves. are. They're doing are they? it right now. Yeah. So it's, they're it's, buying like their rookie moment. And yes, absolutely. That's great. Yes, yeah. So I follow the the Top Shot um, official Twitter account and get notifications from them. And it's and it's lately it's been a lot of players. Clint Capella today tweeted about it and said he wants to buy some of his moments. It's guys like Josh Hart and um, Tyrese Halliburton's been yeah, and tweeting about it a lot. Yeah, a lot of these guys are into uh, cryptocurrency as it is, and they see this as kind of the blend between sports and crypto and it's back and it's uh sponsored by the, the nba's it's gonna partnership with sports it. too right nfl is gonna get it mlb is gonna get it this is like the new day and age of collectibles basically for a sports fan right and the nba has always been ahead of the curve with everything so i think you know if not th- this year um with mlb i think maybe by ne- by this time next year they're uh kicking this off um but this is very much the beginning of this. And I think it's, you can, you can tell people are loving it already. So I, I do recommend getting into it. There's a discord um, that you can go on there and you can see everybody talking about it. Some of the players, will, Josh Hart was in there last night. Some of the players will pop in there and they'll, they'll talk about it. They'll hype their own cards and they're tweeting about it now. So I think, you know, like I said, Clint Capella tweeted about it, but I think if you get somebody like LeBron or some of these bigger names that finally, start, you know, Steph Curry, somebody like that tweets about it. It's going to boom. Yeah. I just opened it up. Josh Hart, uh, Tyrese Halliburton and, um, a Warriors player on Twitch right now opening up packs. Yeah. So now you can go live stream and watch them open up the packs. They're saving packs to give to players so that they can open it so they can promote it. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's a partnership with the NBA and the players association. So they're in on it too. And they, you know, yeah, this is definitely going to blow up. This is the way it's going, you know, it's like seeing how like Twitch and how kids are just like, you know, watching people do other things. 
Um, I think Open, yeah. opening packs, unboxings. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's I think it's been happening for a while. I think they've been doing like old Pokemon decks have been getting bought and opened. Um, I remember seeing like viral videos about, you know, someone getting uh, Charizard and it was like $20,000 or something like that. So it's just it's that. But it's, you know, for the athlete, for the the sports fanatic you know which is Mm -hmm. who we are so yeah it's immediate authentication it's uh you don't have to keep it in perfect condition with some sleeve covers and all that nonsense we had to do when we were kids this thing is digital it's online you can open up your phone and you can see it um so i think that instant gratification is big that piece of it um i think yeah, I just I just don't so see I'm gonna go buy and you know all my savings. I'm gonna go buy some <laughs> Patrick Williams, <laughs> some Zach Levine. Uh, there you go. I'm, t- I'm tempted for sure. We'll see. For sure, definitely. And soon we'll be able to buy Javi Baez walk offs. You know, we'll be able I'm to in. buy Allen Robinson or Cole Komet pulling down. You know, a fade to the corner. Yeah, NFC Championship. Okay. <laughs> Super Bowl. Right? And I also do think, uh, as as we'll kind of wrap this up here, I think uh, once fans get back, I feel like those moments, uh, specifically for the rookies, right, in, in all these sports that haven't had fans, I think, like, that might be something to look out for the top shots is, you know, a, a rookie, you know, walk-off home run or last-second shot or, you know, yeah. uh, touchdown catch and the fans go crazy because it's, it's that, like, kind of moment because it's a video. I think mm-hmm. so. I think those are those are going to be really cool once that starts happening. Yeah, and then throw in the fact that if you're at that. that you're at that game, you want that moment, you know. Right. And like you said, there's some players that are interacting. Some of these players want to buy their cards and stuff, and you can sell, you know, a moment to Tyrese Halliburton and have that interaction. I think that's a big piece of it too. That you know you don't see with trading cards and things like that. So I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's got a future. We'll see where we're at next week. We'll talk about it again. That's right. And you've been listening to 50 Hot, Cajun Curly. (laughs) 